Not everything metal was created equal. What an ugly thing to say. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Shiggity Chuck and Godless attempt to bring order to chaos or just make stupid jokes about dumb people. Stupid. A person below normal intelligence. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast. Greetings and salutations, my fine metal friends. Welcome to another edition of the Metal Sucks Podcast. I am Chickadee Chuck. And I am Godless. And this is your uh, weekly examination of all things metal. Uh, That's what we do every week. You need to uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes uh, just to search the Metal Sucks Podcast. You'll find it right there. Also, uh, follow us on Twitter and all that stuff. I am at Bearded Ape. I am at Godless Speaks. And we try not to talk too much smack on Twitter. Too much, anyway. I'm usually pretty nice uh, about things and, and only talk in about other words, my, silent. I talk about my penis every once in a while, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. notice I talked about my penis a hell of a lot a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I know, and I was not interested. <laughs> Just like everybody else. <laughs> that's the truth. Yeah, you do have more followers than I do, don't you? Do I? I don't know. It's I think be, so. It's because I don't tweet. Uh, I, I do every once in a while. I've, mm. I've, I've been tweeting a little bit more. Did you watch uh, that metal show this weekend? No, I don't watch that metal show. Uh, you need to watch it. <clears throat> it's pretty good. He's got one of our upcoming guests was on the uh, debut this week was uh, Zach Wild. He's going to uh, be on the podcast here in a couple weeks. Yeah, is he next week or the week following? Uh week following. Okay. We get uh, Paul Mastival next week. That's right. Kicking yeah, butt. So he's going to be on this week. This week though, we've got uh, we've got Pelican. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, <laughs> you are an asshole. By the way, just awesome. just just so you know, <laughs> I'm going to preface our interview with uh, with Trevor from Pelican. Uh, with the fact that Godless is a total ass. Oh, but he was in on it, so it was good. Yeah, actually, he was. He was. He was a pretty good sport, and we had fun with him. It was. It was pretty fun because, uh, you know, he's in the music industry, which uh, at this point we sort of are as well, and uh, deal with him. And he's a music publicist, and it, well, we'll get into it. Yeah, and, it's all good. in the interview, it's, it's actually pretty funny. So. <laughs> I was like, I oh, what a dick. You, it's like you were such a dick sometimes. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about Metal Hammer bringing back new metal. Single-handedly bringing back new. Finally, somebody is going to champion. I don't know if that's actually what they're doing. But uh, but it's on the cover of the new Metal Hammer. And a couple people, at least uh, Axel's making some hay about it. I thought it was kind of interesting, too. That and uh, all the, man, Chester Bennington's got some big pores. I know that they like close up on his face on that issue. I man. do some. I, like, I do some work with a dermatologist. I can make a referral. It's like, come on, man, you need to get some exfoliated or something, bro. Cause, <laughs> yeah, jeez, your birthday's it's, coming up. It's um this week. This week. Yeah. If anybody can take care of my kid that night, uh, <laughs> you're soliciting for babysitting on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, probably not a good idea. Yeah, they're not going to let my kid into the home. Uh, I, I, I know the people that listen to this podcast, or at least some of them. <laughs> you might not want them to hang out with your child. Yeah. I gotta I gotta do a full court press this week to try to find something to do with him. No, it's uh, this uh, Friday. I'm gonna have Venomous Maximus playing. We're gonna do Metal Karaoke, which I'm I'm really interested to see how that turns out. I've been thinking about what I want to do for Metal Karaoke, and I don't know yet. Because I if if I'm doing this thing, I gotta do it. You right? Know, right? Yeah. Don't you have to? Isn't it sort oh, of required? You should you should be like the first one to go up there. I was thinking I was because you got to make everybody else comfortable. So I got a kid too, right? So uh-huh. little kid and and we were listening to the radio. She doesn't like metal at all. I can't. I can't. I'm so sorry. I just can't get her into it. Right? But we were listening to something. I was thinking about doing of uh, a metal version of like "Set Fire to the Rain," a little Adele. 
you know, like pig squeals and stuff, you know? <laughs> Fire to the root. That's actually a really cool metal title. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, that's kind of a metal song right there, yeah. dude. You know? So I, I think uh, might do that. Or we also get a bunch of like metal, karaoke, metal right. karaoke songs, which is uh, pretty cool. So See, I, I got know. it so much different with my kid. My kid, we're in the car the other day, and he's like, so, so uh, hey, dad, who are the big four? <laughs> that was my question i was like awesome well, well let me explain yeah and i'm like well you know metallica you, you know we saw the movie you know slayer we've seen him twice you've seen megadeth so you, that's a third and, and he's like well who is he, what's the other band anthrax why isn't pantera part of the big four it was really cool conversation so i got to like introduce him to anthrax this i have week. tickets to imagine dragons so <laughs> that's uh that that's where i'm my going. kid really wants to go to that by oh, the way but I, there's geez. just no way there's one song that's it there's uh, one Oh, man, I tell you what, dude, I, I'm so just like not interested. Like, <laughs> no, and and we we jumped in the car and uh, the radio is on uh, uh, the HD channel, the uh-huh. one that I do. I do an HD channel that's twenty four seven metal, and uh, it popped on. He's like, "That's really loud." I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> as a matter of fact, it is. See, this is how bad I got. I'm in the car, and you know, I got my like. Uh, thumb drive filled with music right and mm-hmm. and fiona apple comes on and in my head i'm thinking how cool would it be if fiona apple was on the seventy thousand tons of metal that's like the like non-metal performer that would totally almost work you know what i mean mm. fiona apple oh my god that'd be awesome right and my kid's like can you turn that off and play some metal you know <laughs> Lucky bastard, dude. (laughs) You are a lucky bastard. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Well, this kind of bleeds into the first topic that we wanted to talk about this week because a lot of stuff that happened in the news uh, this week. We're going to tie a couple things together. Yeah, Uh, we we know about the the band, the black metal band singer that was murdered in Thailand. Yeah, in Thailand. Yeah, Uh, you you familiar with that band, by the way? I'm not actually. I was not very familiar with the band, uh, but I know that the what was it? A Satanist who was a true quote unquote unquote. Satanist. Uh, murdered the lead singer of what was the name of the band? It it escapes me right offhand. Yeah. Uh, But he was uh, murdered because he was not a true Satanist and he was not practicing Satanism in the correct way. And that was uh, the reason, or at least what people are thinking the reason is uh, behind the murder of this guy. And it was brutal. Like if you, they showed the pictures of the scene itself and it was, I mean, it was, there's yeah there was it was pretty devastating actually well yeah and, and you look at that, that that isn't just a murder that's an angry murder that, yeah that i mean if you, you got yeah I'm, I'm sitting at, at one of my clients having some food and i'm i you know here comes a story you know like the graphic picture don't don't click this you know not safe for what work are you, what are you gonna do i click close it. the door and click it you know yeah, you gotta look at it i mean how can you not that's that's anything I'm surrender like, of divinity there you go okay yeah i knew it was surrender something but uh, and then also uh, the Metal Sucks guys caught something interesting. Uh, yeah, metal, this is the closest thing to investigative journalism they've done. A, a metalhead from Texas who goes by the uh, moniker of Johnny Bones. <laughs> Johnny Bones posted on Greg Abbott in here in Texas because uh, we're out of Austin, Texas. Yeah. By the way, uh, there's a there's kind of a gubernatorial fight that's going to be happening here very soon. Uh, between Greg Abbott and Wendy Davis. And Wendy Davis was this um, state senator who stood up for women's rights and the right to have an abortion here in the state of Texas. She filibustered for like 16 hours straight. It was it was one of the most impressive 
points of she was wearing a diaper and comfortable shoes i know and she just went for it and it was yeah. it was pretty awesome actually they, yeah no matter where you are on the on the, on the political spectrum that night uh, of like right towards the tail end of that whole uh uh, uh what do you call it um, uh, g- uh filibuster yeah was super exciting i mean it was like out of a movie it yeah. was really exciting to follow and i know that it was a national story here in the u.s yeah. and 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 so many people you know, were um, just amazed that somebody like that existed in Texas. Yeah, you know, somebody that blue was in in such a red state. And there's a lot of us, by the way. Just just, <laughs> just so you know, there's there's quite a few of us. But uh, this guy Johnny Bones basically posted a, a threat directly to Wendy Davis about uh, the fifty. It'll be a fifty caliber answer to your yada 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 yada. Oh, and uh, posted it on there. But what? We were, and I just can't believe that anybody in today's day and age would make any kind of threat to a public figure of any kind, whether it's, whether you know, metalhead or not. Right. Um, but it turns out this guy's a metalhead. He's got yeah. the, he's got these like you know crazy Amon Amarth fan looking photos all over his Facebook page that the guys at Metal Sucks were able to piece together from you know looking at his page. It's yeah, because I went back and I tried to find the guy's page and I couldn't find it. I was like, oh, I need to find this dude because he's you know what? I bet he's. I looked at the pictures and I'm like Houston. <laughs> it's gotta be gotta be Houston. Sorry guys, I I, I get a lot of friends in Houston, but yeah. Well, uh, it, well, Houston's interesting because like, you know, if there's a town that's Van Hagar rather than Van Halen, it'd probably be Houston. Yeah, yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah, I I, I could totally I could totally see that. But what we were looking at it from a different perspective, uh, though, is. Yeah, the other thing that I'm I started thinking about was that uh, Metal Injection was doing their most controversial moments in metal uh, recently, like going back and recapping, and we saw uh, the Judas Priest trial where uh, Judas Priest and Rob Halford was on the stand, you know, testifying. Against it had to be number kid. one, right? No, no, no. I don't think that was number one. Oh, I don't no? think they've reached number one yet. But uh, but the it was him, you know, on trial for the suicide for a kid's suicide. You know, all the backward masking of Satanistic mm-hmm. lyrics and all that. You know, Ozzy biting head off a bat, all these things that were happening. But all these things seem to be happening in the 80s. And I was like, you know, we haven't had a whole lot of controversial stuff that's gone mainstream out of the metal community. And I don't know. And I can't decide what what it is. Is it the fact that we were just not extreme enough? Or is it the idea that there's a, enough metalheads now that know that, yeah, this is not how it really is. And these people just, you know, are dumbasses. Yeah. There's dumbasses that are that listen to country music, and there's dumbasses that listen to metal. And you get it's it's just one of those things that happens sometimes, right? And I think that may be what's actually happening is more that real people understand that it doesn't matter what you listen to; you can still be an asshole. I don't think it's about the extreme thing because you know this dude made a salad bowl out of his. <laughs> is that it got singer's face oh, yeah. and you can't you, that's not much more extreme than that you know what i mean so i'm not sure that the ex, you know extreme of the music well, is what I, is, and i'm is not even talking more. about the extreme nature of of the crime that he committed right. or the like extreme Columbine and, and marilyn manson yeah that pretty was, damn extreme but that was the last time i think that anybody had really tried to tie the this was caused by heavy metal. Right. You know, that sort of argument that, that they used to make all the time, or it seemed yeah. like they used to make constantly, was that this violence that's been brought on was brought on because they listened to this Satanistic music and blah, 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 blah. Right. And it seems now that more Christians, or at least religious people, are are more, they've got more fervor now than they've ever had. Right. So it seems that 
you would make this connection more, but it doesn't seem to be made, being made at all in the last 10 to 15 years, you know? Yeah, and I almost wonder if it's, I mean, because I, what little I remember about the Columbine thing is when, when that went down, I was immersed in my job and did, wasn't paying attention to any news at that time. But it was like, it never felt to me like uh, that it ever really got legs. It They tried, tried, they tried, tried, and just never got legs the way it did in the 80s. That thing had real legs. There were real consequences. Yeah, there was a band court. really on trial yeah, that yeah, could have yeah. put them in jail for yeah. a long time. And and you know what? The PMRC did change music in in many ways. Yeah. I mean, they, they had a direct influence on how music was marketed and how and what bands did to create their music afterwards. And it did it. Com- it was a complete backlash yeah. to the PMRC because then NWA and all these others tried to stick as many curse words into their music as they possibly could, so that that parental advisory sticker would be bigger than ever. Yeah, and the bigger it is, the more you're going to sell. Yeah. It worked out completely the opposite what they expect, what Tipper Gord expected, mm-hmm. but. It's almost like we've had that conversation already. They tried to have the conversation again. It's like, you know what? I already had this conversation. It's dumb. And by now, it's like, don't even bring it up. Yeah, It, it just goes nowhere. Well, the Columbine thing, I think uh, if you watch the movie, if you watch Bowling for Columbine, you got uh, you got Marilyn Manson's other side, that perspective of it. Because they tried. They tried to talk about that. But they also tried to talk about the Matrix. Yep. You know, they try to bring in the Matrix. That was huge at that at that point. Uh, video games, of course, is also a you know gigantic topic. What was it? <laughs> topic like, of uh, a year ago, two years ago, NRA was trying to blame video games instead of guns for the the murder at the Sandy um, Hook. Sandy Hook, yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. like it, it, that went nowhere because almost everybody plays video games. Yeah, so it could, how could you say that that the fifty million people that play Call of Duty? And you've got one guy that plays Call of Duty and goes nuts. Right. That's it's the video game that did it. And it just yeah. went nowhere because you had a bunch of really old white guys who decided to put this up because, you know, they still think video games are Pac-Man or something. <laughs> and and they're like, you know, that's why it went nowhere because you had. And I think the same thing applies to metal. I think that, you know, you've got Death Angel in a freaking uh, chicken, fast food chicken restaurant commercial, commercial you yeah. know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's because there's so many people, even if you're not like a metalhead. You're familiar enough with the music. Yeah. You're into the music enough that you don't want anybody to mess with it. Well, and you see the culture, but you also see, I, I think the culture has invaded everyday society. I mean, at least yes. from, you know, where, where you wear button-down shirts all the time and all this stuff, and I know you're a metalhead. So right. it's like, or I watch Veep, and I see I see this, it's represented in Veep with these other dudes you would never have expected. Right. And I think that's something that you see all the time. You know, and I think metalheads that were... These crazy dudes in the 80s grew up to be like normal family suburb dudes in, yeah. in the 90s and 2000s, and we all kind of grow up. Some people take it with them. Some people, quote unquote, grow out of it. Yeah. <clears throat> and I think there's more and more of that. I think I think people realize that, that metal does not equal violence. Yeah. And uh, finally, I think we may have reached a point where that's not the cause. They, they At least people are realizing that, that what we listen to, this violence that we have is more of an outlet than it is a causation for violence. It makes me want to hit you. You, you remember know? that that movie that Sean Penn did about the uh, the mayor of San Francisco or whatnot? Uh, Milk. Milk, right, yeah. yeah. And there's that great scene where he's like, hey, look, all you guys, you got to call up your family, you got to call up your friends and tell them you're gay. 
So that way they know that when they're voting against us, they're not voting against this, you know, gay out there. They're voting against you. And I think it's sort of the same thing with metal. I think back in in, in the 80s, uh, you know, people who were Judas Priest fans and Iron Maiden fans and all that sort of thing, it was like you would either be secretly into it or there were not enough of us that it was everywhere. But I think, yeah. I think now people are comfortable with saying... <laughs> yeah, I went to saw High on Fire last night. Yeah. You know, and people be like, "What the hell is High on Fire?" Oh, metal. You know, yeah. and it's cool. It's all right. You know, and so we're out. We're out as metal, <laughs> as metal people. You know, and that that I think makes it really hard for people to vote against us because we're the bro- we're brothers. We're 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 parents. We're uh, uh, PTA members. Well, not that often, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> we're everywhere, and people know it. Yeah, I th- I think it's definitely out there. You know, I think uh, people know that I'm the metal guy. They sure do. Uh, at least yeah, they might. <laughs> but uh, well, except but, for, well, I don't. I don't. I don't disguise it. Like yeah. I, I get. To, I get to work at a place where I don't have to cover up. You know, yeah. I can wear my maiden shirts and I can show my tattoos and not have to worry about uh, getting fired. Yeah, well, I mean, he- a lot of people still have to cover. You know, have to wear long sleeve shirts and cover up their tattoos and stuff, right. and have to worry about that. And it's a whole nightlife thing, but. They're smart about it. They can they can cover it up. They've got they can separate these two things and and we're just normal people. Yeah, right? Aren't we? I mean, for the most part. I mean, we're kind of sick inside a little bit. But, well, yeah, you know. and sick inside and posting. There's the one dude, you know, posting stuff about killing Wendy Davis. It's awful. And yeah. personally, I think the photos on his Facebook page they're an abortion, <laughs> right? Or at least evidence that there needs to be abortion. <laughs> yeah, Please, right. Texas, bring it back. <laughs> we kill them when they're old and on death row. Can't we start nipping this thing in the bud? I mean, literally, literally, just, just knock this out before it even becomes a problem, Texas. Uh, okay, man. come on. Uh, I that's to me that's what's worse than anything else about that dude yeah. is that it makes Texas look bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, son of a bitch. It makes Texas look bad. It looks, <laughs> everything about him it makes it it makes men look bad. Like, like, Metalheads make bad backwater. Look bad. Son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh man, come on. We're yeah. we're a little more advanced than that. And that and other than that, that's that's the only reason why that is kind of upsetting because because I, I know that we're just all more advanced than that. You know, yeah. come on. Come on, you can have an argument with somebody without going, I'm going to put a gun to your head, you dumbass. And, and hey, you know, if you're friends with Johnny Bones, is that it? Johnny Bones, you know, reach out to him, have him come talk to us, because I'd love to have him, you know, just sort of explain, because it seemed to me, not to defend him or anything, but that original comment, it was threatening, but it wasn't specific threatening. It wasn't until he had the, you know, sort of reply comment that sort of went, okay, now you went over the edge. Because originally he says, uh, um, uh, you should pack it in, save your cash. Uh, Davis will never win in this state. Okay. Uh, uh, Even if they did, some folks have a 50 caliber headache waiting for some folks. So he wasn't making a personal threat. Uh, But then uh, somebody says, death threat, really? And he says, I don't threaten. And it's like, okay, now you, that, it, it, yeah, I still think they're going to have trouble prosecuting, but, you know, it's, it's, it, now you've, you've well, stepped over the line. Yeah, so you're on a watch list now. Yeah. It's like, you've just, you've just raised, uh, raised the, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, they're, they're looking at you now. I, I think what they should do is you should do community service, but I think that community service should be going door to door campaigning for Wendy Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Although that probably wouldn't do much for her. But you know what? No, you got to go door to door and campaign for Greg Abbott because I think people after meeting you are probably going to go. You know what? I think I'll vote for the uh, other yeah, person. Yeah, <laughs> I think I'm fine voting for a Democrat, man. Yeah. That's totally okay with me. <clears throat> oh man. Yeah, but you can imagine like put a big billboard with his picture on it, and it says "Vote Greg Abbott." <laughs> I mean, <laughs> woo! All right. Out of yeah, Ow. totally. Now everybody's voting uh, Wendy Davis, even in this state. Yeah, all those Christians are like, oh, fuck that. Never mind. Oh, we're, we're good. We're totally good with what we got. Voting man. for the hot chick. All right. We're going to talk about uh, some new metal stuff here coming up uh, later in the uh, in the podcast. But we wanted to talk to Pelican, our good, fine friend, Trevor and Pelican. Uh, he was so great. He was. He was actually, we had a good time with him because he, he was, he was, he was working when we had to get uh, had to get an interview with him, and we had to fit it into his workday. And uh, yeah, we didn't know exactly what he did, and then Godless decides to be a dick to him. So that that's our that, that's going to be our interview. We'll hear something new from them, maybe something new from Cannabis Corpse coming up in just a little bit. Post our interview with Pelican on the Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? It's uh, Chuck and Godless from the Metal Sucks Podcast. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Oh, doing pretty good, man. Doing all right. We hear we're getting you at work. Yeah, I'm taking a break from work for this. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Are you going to eat at the same time? Uh, no, I'll probably eat at my desk as soon as we're done. All right. Oh, So, so what do you do? Yeah. Uh, I'm a music publicist. Yeah, but the music publicists don't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that must be a, a terrible misconception. I mean, it's not like hard labor, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I work constantly. I was say music publicists do all the work. No, what they make all about? the money, but they don't do any no. work. <laughs> yeah, all the money. Yeah, show it to me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I work like nine hours a day, and then like I'm checking email all day and night when I'm when I'm not in the office. So it it ends up feeling like a lot of work. Yeah, I do that too. But the difference is, you get paid for it. <laughs> Yeah, I, well, I found out that sitting at a desk pays a lot better than standing on a stage. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't you wish it was 1993 again? Uh, yeah, I mean, my my personal music career didn't start taking off until 1995, so I've only heard rumors about what it was like in 93, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. <laughs> so was it taking off in publishing or, or in uh, on stages? Because that's before the first Pelican album, right? Yeah, because 2001's first Pelican stuff. Yeah, I'm sorry. I... Uh... I had, I had my decades wrong. I meant 2005. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm w- I was way off. Yeah, 90, yeah, 93. Jesus. <laughs> I was like, man, you just gave you just gave Pelican a whole another 10 years. That's pretty awesome. No, I was like, what right, band were you in in 95? I I, uh, <laughs> I started losing my mind after I became a parent. <laughs> I can't keep track of my decades anymore. Uh, I know that feeling. So you're just calling radio stations and getting people to play songs, right? No, I'm writing to uh, music writers and and folks like yourself and trying to get them to listen to records and then yeah. you know eventually write about them and, and interview artists. So when does the work start? <laughs> uh, the work starts the moment you uh, you know you first come in contact with. Uh, a new record and you're trying to formulate how to get people interested in it. Cause obviously it's a really competitive field. There's a lot more records out there than uh, there are people to write about them. So it's really, a, you know, it's, it's a complicated 
it's kind of complicated just trying to figure out and navigate relationships and learn more about people and like figure out ways to talk about music that, that really engage people. Well, what's funny is, is like, that's one of those mystery jobs that the public doesn't really know exists. Yeah. I mean, as far as outside the music industry, because there's that whole back end machine that's trying to, trying to push that sort of thing. Have you learned anything, uh, as a, as a publicist, like doing that, uh, to push your band uh, to, to make Pelican bigger and, and any methods that work better than others? I, you know, I don't know that press really makes a band bigger. I think it just helps, it kind of helps spread awareness. Mm. But if the music isn't great and, and it's not going to resonate with people, you know, it's, all the press in the world doesn't matter. I've had artists that I got immense amounts of press for, but then the record didn't sell. And it's because even though there's an interesting story there and there's something to talk about, it's not music that was resonating with people. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, there's kind of a divide. It's kind of um, press occupies a an important role in uh, you know building public awareness of a record, but it's it's not like the make or break of what's going to make a band big, you know. So, so uh, I would imagine with like Pelican, you're like just trying to score movies. And stuff. I mean, movies are the only people who pay at this point, right? Uh, yeah, who knows? I, we haven't scored a movie, so I don't know if there's money in it. I've, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we haven't had a whole lot of opportunities like that, which is kind of a little bit surprising to me. Um, since, you know, I think our music, since there's no vocals, kind of a lot of the uh, passages of our songs would lend themselves to uh, attaching them to visuals, but... We really haven't had a whole lot of traction in that department. You just got to wait. It's like that Explosions in the Sky band that, you know, they just did like like years and years and years. And then, you know, they were doing fine, getting more popular. And then all of a sudden they're the, the only music that's in that uh, Friday Night Lights TV show. And it Ugh. works, you know? <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, yeah, it worked out for them. Yeah, but we don't want Pelican doing Friday Night Lights. I, I like them too much. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> But, oh, you know, I, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, and, and there we go. <laughs> kind of zombie show or Are something. Are the rest of the guys in the band getting upset that you haven't been able to get them a movie deal yet? I mean, I don't want to expose any more of the behind the machinations of the music industry than I have to, but that's not the publicist's job. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that belongs to music publishing and uh, licensing people. Shit, I don't know how the music industry works, man. <laughs> I, I, I can't even figure this stuff out. <laughs> I'm just trying to get, like, magazines and newspapers. And yeah, 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 yeah. Right about it. Greg Cott, listen to me, listen to me, Greg Cott, listen to me. That's your job, right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> so, so you must be getting pretty good at, like, hearing some of these clients that you got and being able to kind of ascertain whether it's going to resonate for uh, both an audience and for critics, no? Uh, yeah, because, I mean, it's really, I think the biggest part of it is putting your time in uh, in this field. Like, the more time you're involved in it, the better you get to know the pool of people that are in, you know, in the music press. Um, because really, once you get to know somebody and you know them personally, it's much easier to make those kinds of connections that, you know, well, this person is into this kind of music and they write for these outlets. And that's really a, an audience that we want to tap into. So it gets gradually easier to figure out, um, yeah, how to make those connections and how to get the, the right records in the right places. Yeah. 
So what are you getting Pitchfork for Christmas? Um, <laughs> I, on my salary, maybe like a matchbook or <laughs> a six-pack of PBR. So is, is, that would is be it, appreciated. Is this your own uh, outfit or are you working for the man? Uh, I work for the man. Gotcha. No, awesome. it's, it's an it's an indie PR firm, so it's you know it's a small company run by um, Catherine Fraser, who's a twenty year veteran of the music industry in Chicago. But it's you know it's a ten person company. It's not huge. It's one of the few jobs where they're kind of cool with you just hitting the road because I mean, what you call work, you can do from like your cell phone, right? Uh, yeah, to an extent, it's much more difficult to keep things organized when you're on the road. Mm. But um, yeah, it is it is the kind of thing where I'm able to keep track of my projects when I'm when I'm touring. Do you do that, or do you have to like sort of break? I have to take vacation time to tour because I can't be as on it uh, during normal business hours as I would be. But the flip side to that is that I can never fully disconnect from my job because mm-hmm. there is always something going on. Yeah, it is the kind of thing where even if I'm, I'm like on a vacation day or taking a day off, I, I'm constantly on my phone checking my email. So, uh, Pelican, let's get uh, we, we got to start, start talking about your career. <laughs> I, I was kind of hoping he had like a like like a I don't know like an industrial press job or you know something. Well, well we talked to a lot of musicians, and it's like, well, what do you do? What what is your day job? Well, I uh, build houses and cabinets, plumbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that describes most of my musician friends' types of careers. Most of them are in like, yeah, construction or contracting type fields. Yeah, because I, I would imagine you that. got the, you got the double whammy. You can like, you know, hey baby, I'm not the singer, but I'm in a band and I'm in the music industry too. You know, that's like, you know, you can get a phone number with that. <laughs> that's not that's not really the aim, but uh, <laughs> I suppose. I mean, that's why he's not a singer. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, well, I don't need to. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have a singer so that we can turn the guitars up and not worry about the stage volume. When uh, you have a vocal mic up there, you know, you have to keep the guitars down. Yeah, I was gonna say no feedback, man. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, <laughs> trust me, I've seen you guys like a ton. You're from one of my staples during South by Southwest there for a few years. So like every year, I catch your catch you guys. This year, I totally missed both performances during uh, Fun 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 Fest. I when apologize. You were in town. I had to miss it too. Bummer. Parenthood, uh, man. Yeah, they get the kids get in the way of like everything. <laughs> well, not not everything. They introduce you to a whole uh, you know range of experiences that you don't previously have access to what volunteering for the pta i have no interest in that i mean (laughs) what what other experiences is strep throat three or whatever i've been introduced to every kind of strain of strep throat there is i I, I keep on having like other parents telling me oh it's right around the corner it's gonna be really and my kid yeah i I can't wait for college (laughs) do you have a kid or you get one two i've I've just got the one just get yeah 16 months Whoa. Whoa. You got a long way to go. Whew. What a haul. I hate, <laughs> <laughs> dude, as long as you're past the first year, you're, 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 it's, it's getting better, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's, it gets, it's really fun. Really? It's yeah, okay. The wife isn't going to listen. Exhausting, but fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's that, how's that work with the uh, job? Obviously, you got to take vacation to, to go tour and that stuff. How's that work with the family? Like being able to take that time away from the family time, especially with the young young one at home. Uh, that's that's what's been really hard. And uh, you know, we keep our tours pretty short now. Uh, ever since in 2009, we kind of reached a point where we had 
burned out on the full scale touring that that we had you know had previously done in the past anyway. And since then, we've you know really scaled back how long we go out, and that part of part of what that is what made it easier to like get you know, careers and start families and stuff like that. Because when we go out, we don't really go out for much longer than a couple of weeks. But even that is hard. I mean, it's hard to get away from home. Yeah, and I would imagine somebody's spouse is going. Look, this is the year we're going to Belize. We're not going on tour this time, <laughs> right? <laughs> Do you know how much uh, the diaper bill was? Yeah. Uh, we, we, we cloth diaper, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, you are brave. Yeah, no, I, it, was, uh, it was a big hurdle for me to, to, <laughs> to cross. My wife was going to know about it. But, Man, that's you know, a poopy there, hurdle. Was, was like, once we got to, you know, past the first week, it was sort of like, you know, this actually does make perfect sense. And you know, we saved so much money on diapers and you know, the environmental impact, of course, as well. You live in a city. You got like neighbors and stuff. Don't you think about them? Yeah, but they're not like uh, they're not in our our diaper pail. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean the smell and ah ah. It's yeah, the, the smell. That's the thing is that there is no smell. You know, you, you, once a, a diaper has become soiled, you put it in a pail and then you wash the diapers every other day. So um, there's really no smell escaping from the pail, and you know it's like out of sight out of mind you know yeah, yeah see right for on. me i didn't i didn't i skipped diapers altogether. i just hooked up the sex swing over the toilet and just hung the kid there for about two years <laughs> <laughs> i am excited for for damien to learn toilet training that's going to be uh you know an exciting time but the diapers don't bother me that much oh. that, that's more trust me that time that time when they get out of the diapers that's more exciting than releasing a new record i'll tell you that for, for, <laughs> 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 man that's uh, a good time. Well, well, this this uh, this whole sort of switch over the last few years is it is it opening up the opportunity for you guys to spend more time recording rather than touring, uh, songwriting, etc. Uh, to an extent, but I mean, we've been operating the band as a long distance enterprise since 2006 when uh, Larry moved to LA. So it's still pretty limited in terms of how often we can uh, get together and like really do stuff. But I think uh, part of doing it uh, part-time the way we are now is that when we do get together, there is a level of focus and intensity that, you know, wasn't as, as present when, you know, when we, when we had it all the time. I think when we were meeting together all the time, there was almost this element of, like, taking the band for granted or something. Whereas now it's, like, complete business, complete focus, um, it, it really helped us, I think, uh, hone in on this new record. Yeah, instead of like you know getting together and farting around in the studio for an hour or two before you get to rehearsing or playing or writing or whatever, you you get together and go. Yeah, and you know, there's a real cognizance while we're playing that you know we have to make the most of these moments. So there's no like you know fucking off while you're playing. Even it's really like focusing in. Are you, uh, uh, when the band has that disagreement about that one part, whether it should be there or not be there, is it like you guys are able to work out those differences a little bit more efficiently as well? Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's been a gradual process throughout the existence of the band. I think, you know, for the first couple of years, everybody was like, no, my way or the highway. And then uh, around City of Echoes, and especially what we all come to need, we learned the power of compromise. And I think that that really, to me, Pelican, our sound is really the the sound of 
all of us coming together because we all kind of bring a very different palette of influences and musicality to the table. And I think that really that process of learning to compromise and learning to, you know, shelve your ego uh, really helped, helped us develop our identity more. I've always said about about Pelican that it's really kind of hard to get the scope of what you guys do off your albums. I mean, I think it translates pretty well, but the live performance is where you guys really take ownership of what, what you've written. Do you feel that to be the case most of the time? Or is that uh, I mean, is it, is it kind of designed that way? Is it hard to capture and put on a record? I think that they're just really different experiences. I think a record, in a way, it's supposed to sort of be like a document of a time period and of where a band and a set of songs were at a specific point in time. But it's a creation that stands on its own. And, you know, I've always had this mentality that I don't really care if a record sounds the same or different from how a band sounds live. Like, I'm, I'm totally fine with adding layers and, you know, changing the arrangements on an album and you know, like adding keyboard or, or piano or strings or that kind of stuff that you can't reproduce in a live context because I, I just think that it's its own kind of artistic statement and that the live show is a different kind of artistic statement. Um, I think our songs, I've always really enjoyed how our songs come together in the live, um, in the live context because I think, in a sense, the one of the things we're going for is trying to create, um, you know, an experience that sonically takes on almost like a physicality to it. That's why we've always played at rather loud stage volume and tried to put on really loud shows is that we, we want to create this uh, space that kind of takes over the listener and that they can lose themselves in. And, you know, we do that compositionally as well. A lot of our songs, you know, uh, when you listen to it on a record, maybe it, it'll come off as meandering because the, there's not as set of, or defined as a structure as like a pop song where it's verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and it sort of like goes to all these different places. And I think that that approach of, of bringing it very loud uh, so that you can lose yourself in the physicality a little bit and then having these, these song structures that kind of go on a journey, those things really work well together. Yeah, that seems to be the hard thing to explain, especially for uh, people who don't know the band. You know, it's hard to kind of relay that point, uh, and then as soon as you, as soon as they see you live, they understand. Well, I've heard the opposite too. I've heard that we're a totally boring live band. <laughs> see, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I get I get what you're saying. Like that to to me, I I mean, I I listened to the records and I liked them, but but as soon as I saw you live, I made it made a total connection as far as like you know vibrating the entire fucking room I was standing in. Is like that's that was that's awesome. On recordings, you find like when you're going in that you're planning on an album versus planning on an EP or vice versa. You ever go in wanting to only do so many minutes uh and does that change you know sort of the songs that you'll choose to bring in and where where you want the music to go um i think over the course of because we write a, before we go into the studio before we record we've got everything written so generally over the course of of writing a set of songs we kind of figure out what it is and and how it fits together and what kind of release it's going to be um but I think usually, like, in terms of our albums, we usually have some sense that the songs we're working on are, are going to become a record. And usually somewhere around the halfway point, we 
figure out what the what the songs are and how to piece them together and start coming up with sequencing and stuff like that so that we can figure out how to best uh, create a cohesive document. You have 79 minutes on an average <laughs> CD. That's what we've got to fit it within 79 minutes. That's a, that's a, the only constraint you got. In In my mind, I wish that we were more concise because I would love if more of our albums were single LPs because I love just having an album on a single LP and then you can flip it. But that means getting it all in under 40 minutes, which is not our strong suit. But, you know, a double gatefold, you know, good artwork, it goes a long way, you know? Yeah, and for what it's worth, our our only album that's a single LP, City of Echoes, we insisted on a gatefold for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, you still want you want the you got to have the room for the uh, for the art, man. That's uh, uh, the other important. Thing. We want we want our cake and eat it too. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you were saying that like all you guys are sort of bringing your own influences in when you're writing and recording and 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 performing uh, with the the new guitarist. What's he bringing to the table that's different? Dallas has, um, well, most of the songs start on, on strings and then we work them out, uh, you know, in a wider group. And the new album uh, was mostly written by Brian and myself. Uh, and Dallas came in in the last three months um, and kind of helped us finish. Uh, two of the songs were unfinished and he helped finish those. And then he kind of tightened parts that we had written for the, the other stuff. Uh, so his influence is not as present on this record as it will be going forward. But I guess what I would say about him is that, you know, uh, Brian and I are both kind of like a little bit less, uh, we're less disciplined than, than Dallas. We're a little bit more free flowing. And for me, it was hard to, the hardest part is like settling in on exactly how to play, like picking wise, how to play certain parts. And I'm, I'm not really keen on like, getting very exact with stuff, but uh, Dallas is a very detail-oriented uh, guitar player. So he really, he made us hone in on, on stuff and how to really make the guitars uh, lock in, which I think brought everything a, a much a lot tighter on the album, made, made it feel a lot more focused. Now, is he a member of Pelican Inc., or is he a sort of like a... a you know, you pay him when, when he shows up for work. No, he's a member of the band. Yeah. Well, I know a member of the band, but is he Pelican? Is he, is he, does he have shares in the, in the, in the C Corp? Yeah. Ah, all right. All right. That's very generous of you. I can't believe you guys would do that. I mean, you got 13 years together and you just let the new guy get right in. You, do you haze him? Do you, what do you do to uh, kind of prove uh, that he can get in? Go Newstead on him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Well, we toured with him for a good two years. Yeah, yeah, I guess like two years before before he joined. So he was very much like integrated into the into the band before we we had him join. And you know, he just he fits musically, he fits personality wise, and you know, there wasn't really any second thought about it. Oh, um, there, there wasn't a negotiation. You guys should have negotiated. <laughs> we're not businessmen. We're just, <laughs> we're just in a band. <laughs> That's, that's godless over there thinking about it, thinking about the business part of it. Well, hey, hey yeah, man, I mean, how does it feel, man? It feels good. He's a music dude. publicist that matters, that I man. originally thought was a music publisher. You should be very familiar with the business side of the music. <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm a I'm a publicist. That's yeah, not yeah, publisher. yeah. Exactly. And uh, and as a publicist knows that personalities are probably the most important part of a band versus uh, which is why you, you should make them shouldn't make them a, a C Corp member. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> 
Um, well, but yeah, no, person personality is the most important thing, I think. I mean, like the thing is, is the, the whole Pelican when we started, it was just a matter of you know four friends getting together on the weekend and and playing music because we liked each other. It wasn't about like who's a good musician or like you know trying to be a great band or anything like that. We just wanted to have fun and, and write tunes. And I think that, you know, uh, we're lucky that Dallas is a great musician and that he brings an awesome degree of talent to the table. But, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, I think it's even more important that he has a great personality. And see, that's great that you said that personality is the most important thing because uh, it's so much better than saying that family is the most important thing because family is a distant second, <laughs> third, something like that. No, no, so he's a, on the record. In, so that's great. In a band, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, we appreciate you taking the time today, man. I know we've been all over the place, uh, diapers and, <laughs> and, the, and the new record, too. Yeah, and he's got to uh, eat a Chicago-style pizza at his desk. Oh, dude, I envy you, my friend, because I, I'm... I, lived in chicago for many years as a kid and i i miss the food oh man <laughs> pizzeria uno but never do a right uh for for what it's worth i'm also vegan i we could oh. get into that whole thing but... <laughs> man no wonder you got no problem with cloth diapers that kid ain't eating anything <laughs> i'm uh yeah i mean i you can you you can yeah i guess i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty hippy dippy but uh <laughs> Yeah. He's going to suck I'm, I'm, the dust off his keyboard for lunch today. <laughs> it's not vegan, my friend. <laughs> the dust ain't vegan. There's human waste in that. That's true. Friend. That's true. Very yeah, true. We, we don't know where that dust came from. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, dude, How do you tour on a vegan diet? That's impossible. It's not impossible. It's difficult. Total, very big difference there. No, it's got my. Oh, it's got to be impossible. I mean, what do you you go to McDonald's and everybody else gets the burger and you get the toppings? Well, all of us are health food nuts, so it, there's uh, not really any trip to McDonald's. How in the world do you do any touring when you're health food nuts? That's impossible. <laughs> That's why they're short tours. That's why they're sure. short tours. They're starving by the time they get home. <laughs> you, you memorize whole foods locations. Yeah, right. Nothing, oh. but, uh, nothing but fruit and nuts, my friend. Anything dried. <laughs> and no tours of the South. That's for damn sure. Yeah, no kidding. I do pretty well in Austin, actually. Yeah, actually, down here, it, it is pretty good. Yeah, but Austin is in the center of a very, very large state. That's deep fried. That is deep fried. In pig yeah. fat. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, well, we'll let you much, get back to work, dude. We appreciate respect. you taking Thank the you. time, man. Thank you so much, dude. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
The Inhalation Plague. Cannabis Corpse on the Metal Sucks podcast from their Splinter Hash EP. I love that, dude. It's like a, it's like uh, I a, love it. I love it. It's like a joke that should have gotten old years ago, and it still has. No, it's still fun because everybody's, everybody's high. Because everybody's high. Oh man, that's so funny, bro. Uh, blood that it burns. I get it, man. Oh uh, man, someday, someday, Texas will legalize that stuff. Probably not. This probably ain't gonna happen. So <clears throat> Metal Hammer have got on the cover. They got this whole new metal thing. Yeah, that's what uh, we. Yeah, we wanted to bring that up here. Yeah. in this last section. I was here. trying to think what that's kind of. You know what that's kind of like. This is this is what I came up with. Right, it's kind of like you had you dated that ugly girl, you know, in high school. I mean, she was like really ugly. I have not posted those on Throwback Thursday. I have not. Don't even talk about her. <laughs> but, All right, dude. She was. Yeah, I know. But then you like look on her Facebook page like 10, 15 years later or whatever, and there, and she's got that one photo that that makes it look like, well, maybe she got kind of hot again. You try calling her up. All fat chicks do. But you know what? It, it's it's the, 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 the phone. It, nobody's going to answer this phone. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't get your analogy. Right. What the My analogy is I'm... that we're Metal Hammer. Yeah. And the, the ugly chick from years ago is it's new, new metal. metal. Right, and then you hear that glimmer or something. You go, uh, oh, maybe I'll call her up. That's what that's what Metal Hammer did. So, what did they hear? They get I, do, well. See, this is the other thing. Why is Slipknot considered new metal? I don't get that. Oh, come Why on. Why are Deftones considered new metal? Because I don't they get are that. new metal. No, because they were there at the same time. But it's as different as A to B. Oh no, 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 no. It's, it's the same thing. It's it's, it's all part of it, man. It's all part of that. I mean, they've progressed since then. They've changed a little bit of their sound here and there, but really, it's still the same. No. Yeah, dude. Five, five, five. Give me six, six, six. I mean, that. There's nothing that Limp Biscuit or Tune, Lincoln tune, Park tune ever to did. drop, drop C. Blah, 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 blah. It's you know, it's the yeah. It's all it's all part of the the style. Like that's what part of it. And and you know, everything has got its factions. I mean, the new wave of British heavy metal. It's not all Judas Priest. You know, it's all it got similar things to it. But I mean, it's all kind of the same. Uh, I mean, Corn, Limp Bizkit, uh, Slipknot, Deftones, System of a Down, Lincoln Park. Like all that stuff was in there together. But uh, at the same time, I feel it's different. But that's just me. I no, know, it's. Whatever. I mean, it's. <laughs> I Sound. like System of a Down and I like Slipknot, yeah. but I had but the rest of them I could you know give a shit about for the most part. Uh, Deftones yeah. are great. I, I used to love the Deftones, yeah, uh, but you know they're they're one of the birthers of of new metal. I mean, with Adrenaline, it's that's one of the first things, uh, first albums that I would say kind of birthed that entire movement would be mm-hmm. that would be that record because that was what ninety six ninety seven. I don't so, know, somewhere in the it, yeah, it, like it seems like Slipknot. You know, they're they're like they they go on tour. Like people will go see them. You know, they're still considered awesome. You, you know, Deftones still pack them in like crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, System of Down. If they were to reunite, would pack them in like crazy. Uh, Lincoln Park, Olympus. I don't think they're going to do anything close to what Dude, they Lincoln used to Park do. would totally do it. Yeah, they they were they're terrible live. By the way, just yeah. to, if you've never seen them, uh-huh. I saw them on a Ozfest or something years ago. Hmm. It was one of those. It was a big festival. They were horrible. But you know, you would hear Olympus getting Lincoln Park on you know your local rock station, but you would never hear Slipknot. Yeah, you do. No. Dude, if I I I work for an alternative station. Yes, you know, and when we still played 
like when we still played the heavy metal, we still we played System, we played Slipknot, we played uh, played Limp Bizkit, we played Lincoln Park. Like that was the those are the mainstays. We played the Corn, like huh. all that was the mainstays. That really? was the meat and potatoes of your playlist. That you know from about ninety eight to two thousand five, that was the meat and potatoes of your of your playlist, and still is right now. Like if you go to a rock like a rock rock station now, Lincoln Park. Uh, I mean, if if they're not playing Faith from Limp Bizkit, then they they don't have the right <laughs> right program director. The only that Mike, still gets people going. That's the only. Uh, it's the only publishing money that uh george michael's making at this point i think yeah Uh, it's terrible but i mean also the the metal hammer thing they're they've got it on the cover but it's the story of new metal so they're telling the story of new metal they're telling the narrative it doesn't sound like they're think it's coming back i mean maybe the only thing in there is that you know slipknot's gonna start working on a new record yeah Uh, okay i'd be curious to read it because i'm you know I, i wasn't paying any attention at that point you know I was still mourning carcass breaking up in 98, you know? <laughs> so, on. so like, I, yeah, like Slipknot, you know, I was familiar with. and No, I mean, you know, I, but I'll, that I'll was give like you that Slipknot is different than, than Lincoln Park. Yeah. You know, they chose different paths and where they went. But I think where you lumped, started lumping them in together is that, do you have a turntablist? Yes, we have a turntablist in the group. Turntablist. Back in the day, in the early days, did yes, they, they had. Oh, was I guess uh, I just, I did, this is like you know that's like that mole. You know, I just forgot the mole. The, now know, there's the, a, the vagina was fine. Yeah, there's a little bit. There's a little bit in there. You know that kind of thing. Like that was the sort of thing that made it uh, made it what it was. And I mean, it's. Eh. It was. You're right. It is a timing thing. They got sort of lumped into it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, they did at least kind of change with the times and modernize a little bit, whereas others didn't survive. That's why System of a Down didn't survive. You know, Lincoln Park has survived. I mean, they're the cockroach of the group because those the, that band has made tons of money. Most yeah. of it has been from Transformers. Though. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, like 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 Limp Bizkit are, are are the the ones that people just love to hate. You know, and they, they oh, geez, didn't they, didn't that guy like try to make his own record label? And like for a while there, all the majors were talking to him about Fred Durst, you know, it was like, hey, Fred, why don't you like uh, a BR, A&R department, stuff that, like that. That dude boned Britney Spears. So, I mean, oh, <laughs> that's how big, at the right time too. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, not, not, not redneck, uh, three baby Britney Spears. Right. Uh, he, he liked, you know, young you know, schoolgirl Britney Spears. Right. You know? So, I mean, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty damn popular there for a while. Yeah. He Remember was. when all the douchebags at every hard rock show or uh, every Ozfest was wearing a red cap turned backwards? Uh, uh, you weren't going to shows no. then. Just, yeah. It but was, <laughs> I totally, yeah, you know, I can picture it. It was a thing. It was, it was yeah, it's the, the the frat boy metal, you know, is what really kind of happened. And that just sucked. I just don't don't see, you know, all right, so they're just trying to tell the story, but they still think that people are going to pick up this magazine when they see the cover because they're interested in it. And I, I just, I wonder, I don't think, I don't think people care. I don't think people want to go back. Maybe this is like a, a momentary you know, one night stand with the ex-girlfriend, but I ju- there's no way that these bands come back and are popular again. It's just not going to happen. They never left. I, 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 I don't, I don't, th- I don't I think, think that. I think out of this group, I think there's only one that didn't survive and that was Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Why is that? <clears throat> because they were terrible. Well, so were the, so was the other, so were the others, but also, well, no, I mean, they, no, Manson sucked yeah. and Man- didn't sell any on their last album. Right. They yeah, sold yeah, like 12 yeah. copies. And but what corn just two three years ago, 
They they had like the best record of the year according to Revolver That's or something, true. didn't they? It was terrible. Record. So I mean, they're still around. They're still doing stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit, they can go bite it. You know, yeah. they they were a little bit different because they did more rap rap metal stuff. You right. Know? And uh, Lincoln Park, they've chosen their path and they're doing you know man of the moon or whatever the next transformer michael bay explosion movie is going to be so they're they're going to be doing that and they they make catchy songs and and background music but slipknot is still kicking it you know system of down they're no longer together but But they've been eulogized as a result of not being around yeah and surge is surge is still you know making jazz and stuff and doing doing that kind of thing that's sort of the thing is like you got to give soad a little bit of props for well you know they've they they broke up but you know they're trying to do different things trying to experiment same thing yeah. with corn and you know, i don't like anything Ugh. they've done but I, I i gotta give them a little bit of props for always it seems trying and being willing to do something a little bit different but i don't think this cover is like trying to get people to go oh, come on new metal's coming back or anything okay. like that i really don't th- I, I, I got I scared for a minute there i honestly don't think so i don't All think right, I, uh, but give it another five to ten years we're gonna see a revival. Then there is still there are still bands that are putting this music out and, and trying to do the new metal thing. So yeah. it's not like there's any lack of bands that want to sound like Lincoln Park. So I mean, it's it's still prevalent. It's still there. It's just uh, it's just a matter of time before it becomes popular again because all that stuff does. Yeah, it's all cyclical. It all just comes right back around. Hey, you know who knew that thrash was going to be big in 2012? You know, right? Thrash revival and bringing all that back, right? You know, so it it makes its comeback. I mean, doom is the huge thing right now, and f- funeral doom and grunge doom, and blah 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 doom. You know, that's the thing right now. So it's just a matter of time before these cycles get to new metal, and then I'm gonna shoot myself in the face. And, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ashamed. Did I? I never. I, I will say this right now. No, there's. I won't say it because probably, there's <laughs> there's probably a picture of me with a red ball cap turned backwards somewhere. But I cooked in enough kitchens over the years that I wore all my baseball caps backwards forever. Because yeah. you don't, uh, yeah, you don't wear your bill out when you're frying food, man. Right. Trust me, it's just something you don't do. We got to wrap this damn podcast up, man. Next week on the uh, podcast, we're going to have Paul Mazdal. Oh, this is a good one. It's a good. It's a very good one. Oh. I was very happy with this interview because not only are we like huge fans of Cynic. Uh, and we're going to be on the seventy thousand tons of metal uh, to to check them out. Yeah, and check out death for look death for to us all. I know it's hard to figure out what we look like, but you know, look for, well, look for Chuck because I'm the big beard dude. Yeah, uh, I've got a big beard. If you're on the boat, yeah, and um, it's yeah. Next week is going to be a good episode, I think. Yeah, uh, it'll be mainly interview though because we talked to Paul for like a long time. Did we? Yeah, we talked to him for almost an hour. Oh, that's awesome. So so yeah, we and he was such a nice guy and uh you know, very very cool. And a lot of stuff that we learned that I'd never heard of before from uh, from him and other interviews and stuff that he does that I mean, wow. Yeah. This is not another how how do you learn how to play scales interview. This is a who is Paul Masvidal interview. Yeah, I th- I I was uh, pretty I'm, yeah uh, and i'm kind of starstruck with that dude because i mean i've listened to cynic since 1993 yeah. so it's like oh man yeah oh, you know hey man hey do you, do you know you played with death <laughs> yeah and we didn't even get into that i really? know i know we really didn't even oh i know i know God. i know so yeah uh that's so get next excited week. people next yeah. week's a really good one <laughs> so and uh we will also at that point be uh embarking on the on the boat yes and uh getting ready to leave for the high seas with a bunch of metalheads on a on a ship 
that got 66 people like norovirus and <laughs> I read shitting himself all week. <laughs> this is going to be awesome. Oh, dude, it's going to be fun. <laughs> it's like, like I don't have that problem already. Uh, good times. Well, let me get to wrap it up. I uh, Follow me on uh, Twitter at Bearded Ape. Follow uh, Godless at, uh, at Godless Speaks. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, all that good stuff, and listen to us every Monday on MetalSucks.net. The Metal Sucks Podcast. Yeah.